G'day everyone and welcome to our pre-season edition of Crowcast, our first for 22. God, it's been a while since we've been here, but we're back now, we're ready for the action and I'm not even going to waste any time, let's crack straight in. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the pre-season edition, the first edition of 22 for Crowcast. It's great to be back. It's a bit of a late start. We've had some issues. COVID has cracked in at the Crowcast household, but nonetheless, we're here and uh, we've got a great studio audience just to kick us off, uh, 13 or 14 people already in the studio audience. Peter's going to join us in just a moment. He's just getting himself organised. But in the meantime, um, I hope everyone had uh, a good summer break, uh, some ups and downs over summer, some tragic news recently with regards to Rodney Marsh and, of course, Shane Warne was shocking. Uh, we've got the crap going on in the Ukraine and we've got COVID smashing everybody. But nonetheless, uh, it was... Uh, a good break from the footy season, but by God, it's good to uh, good to have you all back here once again. Uh, and it feels like we've never been away. Now it's going to be pretty scratchy, uh, pretty scratchy this time in. Uh, we're not going to uh, push the boundaries because we all know what I'm like. I'm bloody hopeless when it comes to technology. So we're just going to ease into it, just ease into it, just like Peter is at the moment. Peter, are you with us? No, Peter's not with us. There's a problem with his audio. Um, Peter, your mic's playing funny buggers. Uh, you might have yourself on mute or you might not have plugged something in properly. But we will keep going nonetheless uh, while we wait for Peter to get on board. Um, and I just initially we'll just uh, go through the motions. We have, of course, our... YouTube stream and also our live audio stream is available on AFL Crowcast. And for those of you who haven't visited our website, aflcrowcast.com, um, we basically, um, uh, what's the word, homogenize or sort of amalgamate all the footy news going on, not just Crows news, but uh, every other piece of news going on from the major sites. So if you want to uh, have a one-stop shop, for all your AFL news, the Crowcast, aflcrowcast.com website is the place to be. But more importantly, if you can't be asked getting on YouTube or Spreaker or whatever, or Discord, all that's available to you on our website. So you can watch the stream, you can listen to the stream, and you can also chat on our uh, embedded um, Discord chat um, interface there. Uh, so you don't even have to fire anything up. All you have to do is go to the aflcrowcast.com website and it's all there. Peter, are you with us yet? OMG, Pete. I knew we should have had a test run. <laughs> don't. First, first episode and you're going to make me do this solo. Jesus. <laughs> Look, it's great to have everyone on board on Discord. Uh, wonderful to see some good old faces again. Um, 
you know, I, I won't go through everyone. You all know who you are. Uh, and uh, really, you know, this might be a bit of self-interest talking, but this year with the Crowcast, I'm really looking to build numbers. So we've got healthy numbers on the uh, on Discord server, 236 members on in our Discord community, which is great. Uh, after really only pushing it over the last 12 months, um, I'm keen to get that up. We've got about just under 500 followers on YouTube. I'm keen to get that up over the 1,000 mark if we can. So the way you can help us, uh, dear listeners and watchers, uh, anytime you see a tweet from us with regards to a show or a bit of content that you like, uh, make sure you retweet or you share the post or or whatever. Um, every little bit helps. Um, traditionally, the Crows uh, faithful aren't technologically savvy. <laughs> So uh, they take a little bit of coaxing to get onto uh, this sort of stuff, but it would be great if we could build up our numbers this year. There's lots going on, lots planned um, this year, so it would be great if we could get those numbers up. I also want to mention for those of you who are faithful Patreon patrons, and I do thank you all from the bottom of my heart for your support, uh, we do have a community manager coming on board I got what have I got going on in the background? Is it actually doubling up, is it? That how's that? Is that better? That must have just snuck in Tim's interview in the background. Alright, how's that going? Give me a thumbs up on Discord chat. Beautiful. Sorry about that. See, I told you, pre-season. Pre-season, it's all going to go astray. We haven't even got Pete yet, have we? Pete, we got you? No, haven't got Pete. (laughs) Uh, We do have a community manager coming on board, um, and the purpose of having a community manager is to uh, assist with um, making sure that the people that support us are getting value for money. Um, I'm notoriously slack well it's not slackness it's just there's only so many time so many hours in the day um and the community management side unfortunately is a side that tends to be neglected which is my bad um so um jen is coming on board this year to help us out with that side of things unfortunately about three weeks ago jen got covid and uh i don't think she'll mind me saying this and i don't know whether she's listening tonight but uh it got her pretty hard. She was in hospital for a week uh, with pneumonia and uh, in ICU for a little while. And uh, as a consequence, um, obviously, the community uh, management side of things was the last thing on her mind and on all her loved ones' minds, including my own. Um, so uh, that sort of stuff will kick off as she recovers over the next few weeks. So shout out to her. Um, and hopefully over the next few weeks your patrons will be able to um, start seeing the benefit of uh, her contributions. She's a very organised person, not a football person, <laughs> but she's a very being a football person wasn't part of the uh, job specification. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she'll be all right, uh, and she'll keep me uh, on the ground running Uh and hopefully you guys will be able to see the benefit of that coming through. Now, Peter's just absolutely smashed me here by being uh, 
conspicuous by his absence. And I'm going to put a, a shout-out to Macanow. Macca, if you're around, um, feel free to come on board because Pete's having some audio issues, uh, which is unusual for Peter. <laughs> Uh, Peter's message to me, no idea why I'm not coming through. Yeah, well, <laughs> that doesn't help me now. <laughs> uh, I'll invite you back in, Pete, see if you're any better. Um, but, Macca, if you're around the place and you want to come on board, uh, come on board. But this is the opportunity. As we all know from last year, um, the Crowcast has a live studio audience and the live studio audience uh, has the ability to come on live during the show and have their say. Now, given that uh, Pete's not having his say, are you, Peter? No, Pete's not having his say. <laughs> I need you guys to help me out here. So uh, Razor's going to come in. Oh, my God, Razor. Are you, have you been... Razor's been messaging me all afternoon. <laughs> And uh, it's been entertaining. Come on board, Ray. <laughs> I want to see how drunk you are. <laughs> Come on, mate. It's just that little button at the top. And you're muted. Come on, mate. Get it together. Now, see, what's going on, Ray? You're muted. Take yourself off mute, son. I don't think Ray knows what day it is, to be honest with you. Anyway, look, let's talk about the footy. Um, and it was an interesting pre-season um, for the Crows, uh, interrupted by a bit of COVID um, action, which sort of hampered our preparation to a degree and certainly hampered our selection um, for the two community series matches. Certainly um, one of them we couldn't even field an SANFL side in a scheduled match um, there. So we really did suffer in that regard and I thought it showed in the first oh it showed in the first game against Brisbane in trying conditions away from home uh it was a big ask for us to put up any sort of competitive sort of effort with the numbers that we had and under the conditions and uh they certainly looked like they were in good nick um Brisbane uh but certainly I thought the game against Port Adelaide um particularly in the first half before we started to rotate a little bit and rest a couple of guys uh, we look very good in patches and quite competitive. Um, obviously, our boys are uh, still a little bit light and a little bit young, and that showed at times against the mature bodies of Port Adelaide, but the endeavour and the ball movement at times was very good. So uh, that was pleasing to see. Now, Ray, did you catch any of the pre-season, mate? That's you, Ray. Oh, hey. <laughs> Oh, shit. Are you still drinking? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Ray's been drinking for about four hours. No. How long have you been drinking for? Nah. When did you start messaging me? About two o'clock this afternoon. Uh, about 12 hours ago. Yeah, about 12 hours ago. <laughs> and you haven't slept and you've just kept on the cans, haven't you? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, Ray, I've got to say you're a fantastic supporter of the Crowcast. Um, well, I wouldn't say that. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge troll. <laughs> doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You, you uh, support us every step of the way, mate, and I really appreciate it. And uh, you give me a lot of, a lot of laughs, and I do appreciate your support. 
um, on there. But did so you catch Rochelle, any of the preseason at all? Yeah, Rochelle was awesome. But that was your big yeah, takeaway from the two games. Yeah, he was. He did great. Our smalls are doing good. Test, test, test. Oh, Pete, you're here. <laughs> test, test, test. Yeah, we can hear you, Hi, mate. Pete. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea what has happened there. Never no mind. Idea. Never, never mind. Let's push on. So, Ray Richelli was your big uh, uh, big positive. What was a negative? Did you did you see a negative out of the uh, preseason games? Yeah, uh, Rob. Riley O'Brien. Rob, he's in the work. We got to have somebody stand by him to take his kick, which drives me nuts because he's kicked for goal. He can kick, but he's a handball. It's a. It's like got to release that dude down in an attack. So don't have somebody stand by Rob to take a kick. That's just. It's insane. All right. Um. I don't disagree with you, mate. Uh, anything else to say before I shove you back into the crowd? No, I'll go back into the crowd. I love this. Let's get everybody else in there. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Good on you. Good on you. Now, Peter. Yes. That was a dirty trick you just played, leaving me hanging for the first 10 minutes of the first podcast. <laughs> I, want, I got a funny feeling I might... It might be my um, connect, some of my connections. Anyway, that probably is a fair fair assessment to anybody that has half a brain. But <laughs> I've just been manic here trying to work this out. So anyway, sorry, but <laughs> that's all right. We we soldiered through. Um, I've gone through all the preliminaries, so we can get right into the preseason stuff. Um, Ray mentioned a positive and a negative there. Joshua Shelley, obviously, um, a, a real standout in, t- in terms of the the new blood. Um, to me, I reckon he looks pretty much ready to go. Do you think uh, round one he'd be in it for mine? Yeah, look, he's absolutely uh, he's, he looks absolutely brilliant, doesn't he? I was most impressed with his what was it nine tackles or something on um, on Saturday, which was a yeah. really really good effort. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously got that small foot. I think Fane really um, we're going to need him to push up a bit, aren't we? Don't you think? Uh, sooner or like later. His, He's got he's, he's good at what he does, but I just don't think you can afford to have him down there for too long. Yeah, as as much as he's he's stripped quite fit, I still think he's probably a little bit light. So you'd run him in very short bursts, I think. Um, but yeah. I reckon he's exciting, exciting around the ball. He hunts the ball. He knows where it is. He knows where the goals is. Oh, goals are, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, it just seems a, a likely type and. Uh, I know there's a few people that have been hanging on me, Tones and a couple of others, uh, hanging it on me that I wasn't overly thrilled with our selection of young Josh <laughs> in the draft. And I, I no, and least... I'm having my hand up. Mate. I, I wasn't. I wasn't overly thrilled with it, and there was a reason why I wasn't overly thrilled with it. And it's because of this: is that you know we, we've been on this rebuild for a few years now, and really we don't have a midfielder to show for it. Yes, and that's true, Peter. This is this is something that really concerns me, and we, we're spending capital on, on almost every position on the ground. Um, but we do not, apart from peddler, peddlers. I reckon we had this discussion the other day, Fane. I reckon peddler is the only top twenty draft pick midfielder 
or currently trying to play as a midfielder on our list. Mm. And uh, isn't he a bit of a worry? And he's a worry in himself. So anyway, with with the Rochelle, look, he looks fantastic, and I'm you know I put my hand up. He does look great, but I thought he looked. I mean, I thought he looked good pre-draft, but I, my concern is that we're going to the draft, you know, year year on year, and we're not getting t- you know talented midfielders yeah. in that top ten bracket. And yeah. so that's why the first thing I said with Rochelle is that you know sooner rather than later, I want to see him push up into that midfield. Well, I mean, just looking at your point, since 2017, we had Darcy at pick 12 uh, in 2017. Uh, and then in 2018, we had that disaster with Chase Jones. And, you know, Chase is pushing through and he, he looks like he's going to be a serviceable uh, small defender. But you don't spend pick nine on a small defender. Um, no. You know, so it's good that it's good that he's going to be able to eke out a career. And well done to him for... For reinventing himself, um, but uh, not a win from pick nine. Uh, Fisher Macasy at pick six is a big concern, um, particularly considering um, our forward line doesn't look settled. Uh, I don't think Fisher is going to be a defender, um, so he's going to have to make it in the forward line. And whilst there are glimpses of Fisher um, being able to take a grab and all the rest of it, I don't know. I've got some queries, and then of course last year we had uh, Riley, which was a bit of a no-brainer. Really, we couldn't have got that one all wrong. <laughs> no uh, problem at all with that, Fiend. Um, you know, he was there, and and obviously, yeah. yes, take him. Yeah, the one, the one to question, of course, is as you mentioned, Luke Pedler. Um, you know, uh, was certainly in and around uh, the market that pick. Um, you know, through dispatches, um, but his body is a worry. Uh, he's had what a shoulder reconstruction. He's had uh, did he have groin issues last year as well, or ankle? No, ankle or something. Yeah, um, hasn't been able to get on the park much at, at either level. Um, got ten minutes on uh, on the weekend and did a hammy, although he was doing laps today. So hopefully it's just a little bit of hamstring awareness um, rather than anything too serious, but. Uh, my, my, he looks classy. Like, let's get that straight. I don't think we've seen enough of Luke to actually make much of a call about his about his talent. But from what you have seen, he knows how to get the ball. He's got a nice turn of speed, and um, you know he looks a likely type. But we've got to get his body right. I, I just shudder to think if if we go through two or three seasons of Pedler spending two thirds of it on the on the sidelines. Three years worth of lost development out of that pick, so and then of course Josh last year at pick six. So, um, you know Hamish hasn't set the world on fire with his first round picks, that's for sure. No, and the one I mean, obviously, um, the Jones butters comparison hurts a lot, and you know we're going to be looking now at Pedler and Tom Powell. I suppose is one that you know you can probably look at who's who started pretty well. <clears throat> excuse me, last year and. Yeah. Interesting. With I can relate to you a conversation that I heard at um, at the Sandful level, um, and it related to Tom Powell and two fairly senior um, Sandful. Uh, sorry, did I say Tom Powell? Yeah, Matt Powell. Matt, Matt Powell. Isn't Matthew his dad? Isn't Matthew the dad? Matt Powell was he one that played for the Crows? Isn't Tom Powell the one that's playing? You're, for you're North talking about the Powell that, that's playing for North. Oh, it could be Tom. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. you're right. It is Tom Powell. 
Yeah, so it was two two senior um, under eighteen coaches were debating Tom Powell, and and it was it was it was one saying, well, he doesn't he just doesn't go hard enough at the ball, and then the other one saying, yeah, but he just gets hold of the football all the time, and then but yeah, but he just doesn't go hard enough, yeah, but he he gets hold of the football, and so there were those two conflicting views about him. Do you know what I mean? And so he's a little bit polarising in that way. But, you know, even at AFL level now, we saw last year, he gets hold of the football. Well, mate, I hate to say it, but uh, Powell is one of the, uh, I told you so, from my point of view. Um, Yep. I I was a big G for him uh, because it didn't matter what level he played at, as you point out, uh, was observed. He just kept getting the ball. Uh, He's a ball winner and he's not, too sluggish, and he's not a bad user of it either. So, um, you know, that will be a, a possible debate. I, I've got high hopes for Luke still. I, I, it, my query was Luke isn't about his ability. It's about his, his um, resilience, his physical resilience. So uh, it would be nice yeah. to see him get a run in it. But um, with all that said, Fiend, um you've got to be impressed with Richelli. Um, in his two trial games, he's you know, three goals apiece. Um, he's just he's looked the goods. He picks up his dozen or so possessions. And as I said, nine tackles was outstanding, and yeah. you know he gets hold of the ball, and he, you know his, his handball's quick, and you know he's creative, and so you know um, absolute uh, double thumbs up and tick for Joshua Shelley. Um, yeah. I just don't think that we are a team. At, given our last five or six years of drafting, I think we just need him pushing up the ground a bit. Yes, I agree. Um... On that, uh, young Jake Saligo um, also uh, has played a few minutes. Uh, looks light, but certainly looks talented. I mean, I, uh, I know Hamish is a massive rap for this kid. In the interview that we did with him at the end of last year, he uh, sung Jake's praises uh, quite strongly and uh, with good reason, I think. He, he looks likely. He looks like he knows how to play the game. Um, so it'll just be a matter of developing him. I'm not sure whether he makes a round one team. I don't think he does. Um, but certainly I think if he if he finds his feet at SANFL level and strings a few games together, he's uh, certainly going to be in the frame, I think, in his first season. I'm going to put one to you, who, um, a player who I think um, is possibly one of the strongest um, midfielders um, within our grasp currently. He's not on the list, but Nathan Freeman is a very, very good footballer, Fiend. Very yes. good footballer. Yes, from Victoria. And I wanted to, I do want to have a chat about him, and I, and I, if you don't mind, um, just as we're talking about midfielders, and I just wanted to have a talk about Nathan Freeman. I wanted to talk about the whole issue of him getting to the Crows and landing here. And the unfortunate, the very, very unfortunate and sad situation that Paul Seisman finds himself in with his concussion. I think yeah. it's a really big issue that's bubbling along at the moment in terms of pre-season issues for us, Fiend. Well, uh, yeah, uh, we've had various unsubstantiated reports about um, Paul's condition. Uh, he hasn't joined in any training of any um Physical nature uh, since he had his concussion, which was around Christmas, wasn't it, that happened? Um, Yep. He's done a few laps and, you know, depending on who you listen to, didn't cope with that terribly well. Um, 
and you've got to worry that we're three months on from that incident and he's still struggling um, with that condition. So I, I don't want to um, make any assumptions. I don't want to make any statements about what may or may not occur with Paul. Um, but you have to be silly if you think that it's uh, not a serious situation where we're three months on and he's not able to join in competitive training, let alone get on the track for a game. No, and the um, the other side of that story is um, the fact that I don't believe for a second that Nathan Freeman leaves his VFL club Um to do what he says in his presser, and that is just to try out another state league. That just makes no sense to me at all. Well, you wouldn't have thought so. I, I would have. I would. I would think that the only reason he gets out of his cosy uh, spot and you know um, tearing up the VFL is for an AFL opportunity because you know he, we know that he just missed out in the Gold Coast and he's now come over to Adelaide. He's hunting an AFL opportunity. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. Uh, certainly a talented player. Um, so, I hear he's uh, one of our better players on sat on the in the reserves trial on Saturday. Yeah. Um, look, and certainly the type of player that we need in our squad at the moment uh, through that midfield. Um, yep. So, you know, it, it always strikes me as interesting, don't you? you we've got a situation where um, uh, we might have a player out uh, at least for a, a period of time. And we bring in a player that is like ready-made and just what we need and yada, yada, yada. And you think, isn't that what the bloody draft's for? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how does this lad go from being overlooked, and I'm, I'm assuming he nominated, he would have nominated, how does he go from being overlooked in three drafts by 18 clubs and then all of a sudden he's the bloody ready-made, ready-made replacement for one of our better players? I know, I know. It's crazy. Isn't it? I mean, I, obviously his age goes against him. He turns 27 in June. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's, there seems to be a continual concern about his durability, which was the early part of his career. But he's things to be believed, and he's had three, what two or three years now completely injury-free. Um, his body is perfectly good. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um um, you know, uh, you can argue, and I think 1990 makes a good point. He, you know, he didn't make it at the Gold Coast. He got done out by the Eagles player, Cetus. Yeah. So, you know, he's not perfect, but I do think that he is one of the – I still do believe that he would be one of the better mids. Um, well, let's let's talk hands. about what we saw with the midfield because we saw a bit of the same, really. Uh, we saw a yeah. lot of Rory Sloan. We saw a lot of Rory Laird before he did his uh, hand injury. Um, look, I've got to say, um, seeing Matt Crouch back in fit and firing um, just reminds you of how effective he can be as a distributor in in, in yeah. time. When when yep. you know you look at how well Rory Laird has gone in that in that role over the last 12 to 18 months, and then you look at his performance in terms of ball distribution compared to Matty Crouch, it's chalk and cheese. You know, it's chalk yep. and cheese. And, you know, I, Matt Crouch has got his failings, um, but as an in-and-under ball distributor, he, he, there's not many um, of his ilk in the league that are as effective as him when he's fit. So, again, we've got this <laughs> issue of fitness. But... Let's assume for a moment that he is fit. 
it all of a sudden frees up um, blokes like Laird um, and Keys and Sloan to be a little less inside. Um, and perhaps we might reap the benefit of having Matt Crouch again at the coalface um, and not having his brother there to handle to all the time. Um, yep. In terms of distributing the ball, because my impression last year with our midfield is that we were hurried. We were always one possession short in transition because we, we weren't running to space. And I just wonder whether Matty can offer us or can free up some of the other midfielders um, to give us some more options uh, in field play. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And I, I saw the game on Saturday night. Again, you know, like you, I was really impressed with Matty Kratz, particularly given, you know, when was the last time we played a full game of football? Mm. Would have been 2020. Yep. Um, so th- that was a really good outing for, for a guy that has had a year out of football. And um, you'll remember last year, Fane, I wasn't disappointed at all when he um, we got him for that two-year two year deal. He's a, yep. good, he's a good footballer. Yeah. Um, he's an All-Australian club champion. And so, you know, there's a plenty of people think that he's a good footballer um, and I, I, I'm certainly one of them. And, you know, as you say, he has his limitations, but generally speaking, he gets his hands on the ball and he just needs some people around him. Well, do you remember when he had that standout year a couple of years ago? It was very much about him being at the coalface. And I think for whatever reason, whether we we're trying to manufacture something to accommodate Brad, I'm not sure. But he seemed, before he got injured, he seemed to be playing more outside. I noticed in the stats he was getting more uncontested possession. Um, yep. And there seemed to be a real change in the way that we played him. I'd really like to see us just allow him to be that coal-faced player. He's a good ball yeah. getter. He's a good distributor by hand. Um, you know, that uh, year he was club best and fairest. He was actually a good distributor by foot as well. Um, although he he's prone to chippy chippy stuff uh if he's not careful yeah. but when he when he actually starts trying to use some penetration in his kick he's actually not a bad distributor so i think our midfield is all about balance um pete i was concerned that we saw as much of sloan up for uh in the midfield as we did um i was not overly impressed that we didn't see i mean we saw a fair amount of harry and a reasonable amount of Sam Berry. I would have liked to have seen a few more run through there. I thought um, uh, we could have given Ned McHenry a bit of a run in there. We could have even given Chase a bit of a run in there. They are practice games, and we need options through the midfield. And there, are few, I just felt it looked a bit same-same to me um, and a bit stodgy when you've got Crouch and Sloan and Keys and Laird uh, all in those rotations. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely right. And uh, you know, I thought it was strange that Sloan played so much on the ball. It just, you know, we year after year we think, right, this is going to be the year they're going to, you know, try and move Sloaney out of there and play him on the, you know, on the wing or, for, you know, in the forward line or something, you know. But then, you know, here we are again in a practice game, a yeah. practice game. We've got a thirty-four-year-old playing, you know, yeah. those kind of midfield minutes, well, which I thought not, was a bit disappointing. And not setting the house on fire either. Like it wasn't no, as if he was no. tearing it up. And I, no. it worries me um, that we still are prone to this kind of, I mean, from the out, I'm sure it's not, but from the outside it looks like favouritism. Uh, you know, Sloane, no one's going to tell Sloane he's not playing in the midfield. I'm sure it's not that. But it just yep. seems like poor match committee thinking 
to not say, all right, well, we've got a couple of games, let's run Sloane off a half-forward flank, or let's let's give him a quarter off half-back, or let's play him on a wing. Um, but he attended a lot of centre bounces, and uh, that worried me. When we had the opportunity to give Sam Berry a really good run, and give Harry a really good run, and maybe try a few other blokes like Chase um, to see if we could get it. The other one that I thought could have got a run in the midfield, who is another one of my uh, happy stories, is uh, uh, young Hinge, who I, I yeah, was Hinge, very yeah. impressed with Mitch Hinge. Uh, I've yep. loved him from the moment he, he played in that round one game where he got injured, dislocated his shoulder twice. He just showed something to me. I think he's the sleeper in our squad. If he can stay fit uh, and if he can keep that shoulder intact, I think he's going to have a, a breakout year at AFL level yep. because he's fit, he's fast, he's fearless, and I can't think of any other F words that I can say. <laughs> other than the usual. Yeah. So, uh, no, I agree. He, yeah, I think he's. A, I think he's in our first twenty-two. Yep, um, I agree. Um, again, I feel like uh, the forward line is a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, uh, is it structure? Is it delivery? Is it the patterns that they run? Is it work rate? I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem potent to me. I saw some. I saw bits and pieces that I really liked, and the bits and pieces that I really liked is that I saw a couple of times. I reckon maybe I, I saw. Um, I saw Josh the, the setup of Josh Rochelle's first goal. I think it was um, going with the wind in the second quarter. Is they hit Himmelberg at the top of the square. Mm. He, make, he makes a contest. McHenry reads is there. McHenry dishes to Rochelle. Rochelle kicks a goal. Mm. It, it looked really simple primary school stuff. Hit the big guy at the top of the square. Big guy provides a contest. Little guy reads it and they get a goal. And that happened again in that quarter, except I don't know if you remember McHenry hit the post. Yeah. Um, so There's a dribble kick. Same thing. Himmelberg makes the contest. And then it happened again in the third quarter. I can't remember who it was that benefited from it. But um, again, Himmelberg provides the contest. And in all in all of these three or four occasions, Himmelberg doesn't get a stat, doesn't get a thing, doesn't get a cracker, not a score involvement, not a, not a, not a brass razzle. But he makes that contest and the, the crumbs. So I reckon we got two and a bit goals, two, two goals, one. Not enough, but there, that, that looked to me to be something that had some a little bit of um, um, upside to it, I guess, yeah. if you want to call it that, where you've got one player being the you know the meat and the sandwich, and then you've got some some quite decent small forwards buzzing around. Yeah, very very interested to um, hear people's thoughts on the Berg and the rest of the forward line. So if you're in the live studio audience and you want to have your say, feel free to stick your hand up and we'll get you on. Um, Pete, I've thought over the last twelve months that Himmelberg is Matt Robin. Um, he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I know you said that. And what Matty used to do, because we invariably lost when Matt didn't play. What Mer- what Robin used to do is frustrate us all by his soft hands, but he always provided an avenue. He always straightened us up, 
and yep. um, if you've got a if you've got a bloke that you can rely on to make contests and to be in the right positions, then that's almost as good as the bloke taking the mark. As long as yep. your crummers and your flankers know where to run, where to be. Now, yep. I'd love to see Elliot take more grabs. I really would. He's uh, because he's got so many other good attributes. He's fantastic at ground level, um, and he's got a good um, good ticker. Uh, I just love him to be more aggressive in the air. But at the very least, what he does do is provide us a target. What concerns me is that I we went through this last year with when we analysed our forward fifty entries, is that we still seem to be quite prone to that panic kick or that that high kick into the forward line, and to me that's a product as I mentioned earlier of not enough spread on transition to get that extra possession to get us to the sixty meter mark uh, in a bit of space that we can that we can hit up a target. The other part about all that is Darcy. But Darcy impressed well, me con- when he was involved, but he didn't get involved enough. Yeah, and this has always been the issue. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I, had a look, I went back and had a look at Darcy's year though. Last year, he played. He played sixteen games for his twenty-four goals at one point four goals a game. So if he re- if he replicates that through twenty two, if he actually plays a full season, he replicates that through twenty two rounds. He kicks thirty two goals. Mm. Is that enough for a third forward? If he's playing as a third forward, absolutely. But I think if he's playing as a third forward, his role changes, and what his role changes to is a is more of a high a leading high forward. And that's where work rate comes into it. You know, Tom Lynch was a classic at being able to run the arse off his opponent. Um, you know, Nick Rewalt's the classic example of that, obviously not as a third, but as a as a, a very aerobically capable forward. Uh, yep. Darcy's a one-lead wonder, as far as I'm concerned, yep. and that's his downfall. You, when when coaches are congesting forward lines and uh, cramping forwards for space and 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 blocking holes and all the rest of it, a forward has got to be canny enough to be able to lead once, lead twice, lead a third time, dummy lead, push off, all that sort of stuff. I don't see those second, third, and fourth efforts from Darcy in terms of uh, being able to make something happen. He's a great hit up target when it's put on a plate to him and when he's got separation. But I don't see him very often making something happen. Yeah, and look, it is, you know, it is just the, you see those flashes every game, you think, oh, this is, you know, this is going to be the game and then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt he's got talent. There's no doubt he's a natural footballer. He's a beautiful kick. Uh, he's got size and strength, although he doesn't seem to use it in contested marking situations as much as what you think he would. Um, but I think we've got to we've got to um, we've got to see, like Darcy's got what three or four weeks before Tex comes back, three yep. weeks, and two. He, this he's gone through. What's this? His fifth year now, so he's had five pre seasons. There's no questioning his fitness. He looks fit. He doesn't look like he's carrying any weight. 
Um, he should know that five years into an AFL career where he still hasn't established himself like he's played how many games? Me, how many games has he played over his career? Uh, not, not, not a massive amount. He wouldn't have hit 50 40 games. games. No, 40 games. 40 games, 40 games <laughs> for 50 goals. Um, you know, uh, he must know that this is a make-or-break year, and what I want to see from Darcy is a bloke that's playing for his career. I didn't see yeah. that in the pre-season games to any great degree. Um, patches, as we always see. Uh, he's exciting when he's around the ball and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I just want to see him take a game apart. He hasn't really even taken an SANFL game apart. Um, so, you know, that to me is a worry. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and also the other thing that he's got going for him um, is if they do structure up similar to what they did on Saturday where they've got Elliot and Riley floating around. You've got two big tools to take big defenders. He should be able to make something of that. Absolutely should be able to make something of that. 100% should be able to make something of that. Um, yeah. Now, um, on Big Footy, I was chatting about this during the week, and I think it was my good friend Bix, surprisingly, who actually put up Toomey's pre-draft write-up on him, and I'm just trying to find it, but find it in time but the point that I'd like to make out of that is that oh here we go um, you know why they should pick him he's big burst, burly bustling and has presence about him he won't be the type of player to win heats of the ball at this stage of his development but you notice most of his touches uh, the query his inability to string together good games this year means that clubs will need to get their heads around why that was and the reasons behind it Fogarty will also need to improve his aerobic running before he can be a midfielder at AFL level, so we'll need to start as a forward. Players like Jake Stringer, they reckon, which is probably not a bad, yep. bad uh, comparison. The bottom line, it was, and this we're talking about his draft year, it was a challenging season for Fogarty, and that can't completely be overlooked. However, his good stuff is as exciting as anyone's. He's not the first player to have his struggles in the top-age draft season. And it's easy to look ahead and see Fogarty playing some damaging footy next year. When you read that right up, my biggest concern is that basically you could be describing every season of Darcy's AFL career. There's been yeah, no forward yeah. development, in my opinion. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's my concern with him. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, I mean, you, you look back, I mean, you look back to his, um, his, his big uh, breakout game at um, in Perth where he kicks five goals and then just hasn't happened went missing after that yeah and I look there's probably been an element I'm feeding back through your headphones at the moment uh, there's probably been an element of uh, confusion with regards to techs because they are clients and they play very similarly have very similar qualities. And at various stages over Darcy's career, Texas looked like he's down and out. And, um, you know, the the rebirth that he presented at the beginning of last year, I don't know whether Fogg would have been overly happy with that. But that's Darcy should prepare for his season as if Texas is going to be playing. And he needs to make it happen. Darcy needs to push Tex Walker out of the side. 
That's what it yeah. comes down to. He needs to play yep. well enough that the selectors cannot ignore him. And if it's a choice between him and Tex, they, he's got to make it impossible for them to choose Tex at this stage of Taylor's career. So that's Darcy's charter. And that's Darcy's charter for this season because he's got to, what this and next year left on a contract. I don't reckon he gets another one if he, if he, if he serves up two more seasons of what we've had. No, and I feel I feel like he's just sort of marking time, thinking to himself, "Well, I've just got to wait out Tex." Uh, I, I think that's maybe it. been a yeah. I think that's maybe been a thing, um, mm. Pete. But he's got to take the bull by the horns. Now we've got nineteen ninety Crow, one of the great friends of the podcast and a regular entrant onto the stage, mate. How are you going? Thanks, Frank. Have can you hear me? Oh, look, mate. No, mate, how are you going? Can rely on you not to have audio problems like the rest of the bloody idiots. I've got some expensive headphones this year, so <laughs> you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some thoughts, mate. I have a, um, I just thought with the um the preseason games, it was probably a little bit disappointing. Um, just probably with some of the development, I didn't really see from some of our younger players. Um, but also I think just to remember that last year. The, the games that we saw, we were probably in a similar position where we were last year talking um, that it was going to be a difficult season and didn't quite see what we wanted to see. And then we came out and won four of our first five games or something. So I think we take the games we saw with a grain of salt and hopefully we see more round one than we saw the last couple of weeks. Yeah, good um... comments, mate. I agree with you. I mean, one, the one that I, uh, um, I was particularly looking forward to seeing but looks to have fallen away a little bit was Jackson Hakeley. I thought um, had high heights for him this pre-season, but he's just struggling to build. I apparently had a good game in the Sandful on, on Saturday. Um, but I think you're right. I think in the end, I think last year, I, was, I had a look at today actually, we, we won seven and we had another five games that we lost by under 12 points. Um, so that's 12 games that we either win or unlucky to lose. Um, so, you know, um, it, was, it wasn't that bad a year, particularly seeing some of the wins that we had, you know, against Melbourne and Geelong and those teams. And we almost rolled, you know, we had port by the, by the shorts for, for, for quite a lot of time. So, you know, we did, we did have a competitive year last year. So you would just hope there's a little bit of linear improvement. Yeah, I just want to see improvement. I don't think we're going to be playing finals or anything so it's just want to see you need another 15 to 20 games into the players that we think are going to take us forward um obviously there's still question marks on a whole heap of that you've, you've already gone through this evening um that yeah we, we probably want to see more development particularly in some key players like Padler, Fogarty um and other others through the midfield because they're glaringly obvious where we're struggling um yeah. Yeah, so yeah, just want to see improvement in, and probably our first rounders of the last five or six years. I'm starting to get starting. It's starting to get to the point where they need to to really show something. Yeah, uh, let's just you touch on Jackson Haitley. Let's just talk about Jackson briefly, because I don't think his circumstances are dissimilar to Darcy Fogarty's in terms of this being a very important season for him. Um, he's come into our system. Um, carried an injury by all reports last year which hampered him I think it was a hip or it might have been OP or something like that um, which hampered him last season 
Um, but and and by his own admission in the interview that we had with him at the beginning of last year, wants to shape himself as an inside midfielder. Now, his size um, puts him in the Bontempelli sort of category in terms of height for a midfielder. That what is it? I think is he is he one ninety close yeah one ninety two ish yeah yeah. So, you know, he's got a lot of the physical attributes that you would want from uh, a midfielder in the current footy um, age. I don't see him as having shown much uh, in the way of being dynamic or being line-breaking or whatever. His disposal doesn't hurt the opposition very much, uh, and he doesn't get enough of the ball. Now, as you said, um, Pete, and I didn't see the game, but by all reports he had a very good game in the SANFL, and you want him to have a very good game in the ASL. You want him to have about half a dozen of them. And then yep. when he comes into the AFL side, you want him to not just be making up the numbers. Jackson being in, what, his fourth year now of AFL football, I think. He needs to... He needs yeah, to he was play 2018 draft. Yeah, he needs to play like a fourth-year player. Um Yes, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities um, at his first club and he hasn't had a lot of opportunities with us. But he's in a position where he came in through the pre-season draft um, with us and uh, he's at the bottom of the pile in terms of midfielders at the moment and he's got to make every post a winner, Jackson Haley. It's, when, you, when you put it like that, Fane, when you're talking about Jackson when he was drafted, it's horrific to think that... 2018 draft, you're thinking is a, you know, is always talked about as being a bit of a super draft, and we've got pick nine, pick eleven, and pick sixteen from the super draft yeah. in our team, yeah. in the squad. Yeah. Jones, Haitley, and McHenry. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. Good return from the super draft. And probably the one, and probably the one that's actually showing. Yeah, I agree. The he's actually drafted for. Yep. No, I agree. I, I, I thought he had a really good game on Saturday, Ned. Yeah, I'm comfortable with Ned being in the 22. I know, I know he's got a, a lot of uh, people who don't support him. The thing I like about Ned is he, he reminds me of a bit of, uh, you know, uh, that little terrier kind of Caleb Daniel type. He's always going to, like, he doesn't play that sweeping defensive role that Caleb does, but he's always in and around the ball. He's always trying to make something happen. You know, he's got his faults, his disposal's not great, he's not a great kick for goal, he's not a long kick or, or whatever. But if he can get the ball 20 or 25 times, invariably he's going to give it to somebody more often than not by hand or, or by foot. So he's a good link player, he's a good, uh, a good contested player in transition, if you know what I mean. If the ball's in dispute, um, you know, you can rely on him to at least hold it up. And every team's got to have one or two of those sort of players. Um, lacks class probably um, but shows a lot of heart and if you want to put him in the same category as a Lockie Murphy I think he gives us more than Lockie Murphy does who's a similar cycle of player very very comfortable very comfortable having McHenry and Rochelle as our small forwards I think there. McHenry would be a, a better player in a better side I think if we in three or four years time have a better midfield where we're able to spread from contest and he's pushing up from a high half forward he'll get into a lot more space and become an even more damaging player what I don't want to see and what I did see a couple of times through the preseason is that he was doing what Lockie used to do and let's go for bloody marks I just want Ned to stay on the on the deck don't jump 
Ned. Just stay on Ned the deck. Can't jump. <laughs> you know, I've seen it go for marks. It's like, dude, that's not your role. Uh, but again, that's the failing of a lead up forward. Anyway. Um, yeah, so forward is a bit of a worry. Uh, Riley's still taking time. I have a little bit of a concern about Riley's overhead marking, contested marking at the moment. He probably needs uh, to be a little bit more assertive, I think, with his body positioning. Um, but that's you know that he's a he's a kid, so he's got a long way to go in that regret in that regard. And it, you know, by comparison, it took the Kings a couple of years to really find their their feet in that regard and and to become uh, more demanding of the ball. And and I've got no doubt that Riley will get there in that respect. Um, do we think that the forward line is him Himmelberg and Fogarty slash Tex as the three? Bigs, if you like. I'm not very big locking in Himmelberg, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, he's still a bit fifty-fifty from what he showed in the preseason. I think they'll they'll back in Fogarty and Thilthorpe. Um, it's probably down to that last position. I think McAdam gets in. Um, but in terms of that third tall, I I don't know which way they'll go between Gallant and Himmelberg. Um, depends on how much they trust. Bogarty and Phil thought to provide a contest in the air, um, and that's anyone's guess, I suppose. Well, I mean, yeah, Lucky Glant, really like him, and um, good mention there. Ninety ninety, and also Arab Child mentioned him as well. I, I do like him. He still seems, uh, you know, um, he just jumps at the ball really, really well. Just still just seems a little bit light on, but attacks it so well in the air, Pete. He just jumps it, doesn't he? Just jumps at the ball really, really what well. So it, I, what I he like does. What Lockie does aerially is he is quite comfortable going for the ball when he's not in position. He's quite yep. comfortable to try and make something aerially out of nothing. I remember one of the, one of the uh, marks that he took last year. He was nowhere near it. He was completely out of position, uh, but just threw himself at the contest and took the grab. I really like Lockie. Mitch, Mitch, got a bit of a Mitch McGovern type skill in that aspect. Yeah, it's probably not the spring heel jack that McGovern was. Um but I just feel like he's he's one of those players that you just know he's very comfortable overhead. And personally, I can see him overtaking Darcy Fogarty as that third tall option if Darcy doesn't pull his finger out um, because I think he's got some tricks, lucky. Yeah, I think he's just even even in the early early doors. I reckon he he potentially pushes out McAdam as well. For that that kind of role that McC- you know McAdam was that sort of X factor jumper. Yeah. I think Glant probably challenges him for that role. I've moved on from McCann. Yep. Uh, now, 1990, we do have the Arab child waiting for a chat. Have you got anything more you'd like to add before I throw you back no, into the heaving crowd? That's all, Phoenix. Keen to, keen to see how the good boys go for round one and hopefully a bit more positive. Great to have you on board again, mate. We'll chat again. Just like this. And just as we bring the Arab child in, Peter... Um, what of James Rowe? Yeah, I think he's. I think that McHenry and Rochelle have got those two positions really tied up. So I think that he's going to struggle to uh, to get in to that side now, unless they and and I don't. I can't see to be. You know, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but I can't see Rochelle being moved up to too much midfield time in his first season. I think they'll just gradually ease him into it. I think that would spell a bit of a. Difficulties for both um, Murphy and 
row. I think I think you know McHenry is. I was really happy with his game. Some of the things that he did on Saturday. So I think that Rochelle and McHenry look like they have, they've got those two positions sewn up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, g'day, Arab tribe, mate. How are you going? Oh no, no audio. <laughs> Vardy wins the bet in chat. Just <laughs> having my problems. <laughs> oh, how much did you put on Vardy? Uh, anyway, look, um, Arab, if you get that sorted out, come back on, mate. Um, the, we've also got a couple of, you know, um, we've got Nankervis to think about. Um, uh, and the, oh, I always forget the other lad's name. What's his bloody name? The one that we took. Oh, Taylor? Taylor, yeah. Had a very good game on Saturday from all accounts. He had 20 odd possessions and looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, Hamish is a big rap on, not that that necessarily means anything, but um, yeah, he, he, could, he, he has a, a, a good size about him as well. So he could be around the map. Uh, Nank Irvis, I think, could be a freak or it could be nothing. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one, but uh, it certainly yeah, got some tricks. Um, uh, Ray mentioned earlier about O'Brien in the ruck, and we saw a bit of Kieran Strawn during uh, the pre-season as well. Um, is Riley hands down first choice ruckman this year, do you think? I think so. I, th- I think that he... I think um is really, really good for us. I think he's good for us because not only is he good quality backup ruckman, but I think he pressures Riley. I think Riley's lifted his game... Since Strawny has taken those steps to look like an AFL footballer and look like he can put pressure on, I think that's really helped. Um, it's put pressure on O'Brien. It, he knows that he can't take that spot for granted. And I thought, I mean, he was brilliant. He was clearly our best player on Saturday, and you know he looks set to you know be having a good season. And I think that he'll 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 start in the number one ruck spot. No no question about it. And I just hope that we can keep Strawny for a bit because I think if he has another good year, I think you know, he'll just about be out the door. Yeah, Rob's good is really good. His uh, bad is bordering on comical. Um, but, uh, you know, he did have a good season a couple of years back and he kind of probably regressed a little bit last year um, for one reason or another. I, I think he can still work on his tap work, his tap rucking in the middle. Um, but around the ground, he's uh, good value and starting to push up forward now and again, which I don't mind at all. And if we do play Himmelberg and Thilthorpe, that gives us a bit of flexibility about rotating those three um, yep. through the tall spot. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with that. Obviously, we didn't see anything of Geordie Dawson, uh, which was disappointing. Uh, by all reports, is going to be touch and go for round one. Calves can be a bit annoying in that regard. Uh, but Geordie obviously gives us some class in that midfield um, piece, Peter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he's, I think that going back to your earlier point about having Matt Crouch you know, closer to O'Brien, I, I think that that's where, you know, hopefully someone like Dawson could come into his own because he's the kind of player that Matt needs to be able to distribute to. Yes, exactly. Um, the other one that we haven't seen anything of is uh, Wayne Miller. Did he play in the twos? He's still a couple of weeks away, yeah. isn't he, I think? Very, he played in the twos. Um, very, very rusty in all accounts. 
very rusty. Yeah. But Billy Frampton apparently had a really good game. Um, Haley had a good game. Freeman was very good, apparently. Um, Taylor was very good. So, yeah, there were some good signs. Good signs, yeah. Look, um, oh, let's put our next on the line, Peter. I I think we'll improve again on last season. I, I do have hopes that uh, lads like Harry Schoenberg and Sam Berry uh, will benefit from having Matt Crouch back in the side. Um, I think we'll see Harry almost be a, a regular starter uh, in the midfield eventually. I, th- I think he's, uh, at some stage during the season, I think he's he's looking a bit ripe um, for a good season, I think, Harry. So I've got high hopes for him there. I worry about our potency up forward, our ability to kick enough goals often enough. Uh, and more so our efficiency. You know how demoralising it gets where you just pump the ball into the forward line it just comes straight back out again. <clears throat> Port exposed us early in that regard where um, you know we were just peppering the ball with shallow entries into the forward 50 but then just getting done on the, on the turnover. So we're going to have to be careful about that. It's going to be interesting to see whether Nick's changes our game style at all. Uh, it's been very contested ball uh, during his tenure so far. Uh, whether he feels comfortable will, to expand that a little bit. I will just pick up on something our old friend PJ Crows mentioned in the chat there saying that he hasn't seen anything of any, much of any style. I, I, I would take an issue with that because I think there is something bubbling away there and I thought that we saw it a few times last year and that is a very, very one-on-one contested um, energy-sapping frontal pressure style of game that is very, very effective, and it was effective in a few games for us. And it's a it's finals football, and um, but it's you know for a young side you cannot you cannot be playing that kind of football week in week out. It just doesn't work. Um, and you know they they find it hard to manage it even just for a whole game. And um, if you want an example, if anyone wants an example, go back and get a video of the um, second showdown against Port Adelaide, where they only did us by a few points, and we, we had them for most of the game. We just couldn't quite hang on at the end. Um, but that game, all around the ground, there was no there was no zoning off. There was, no, there was nothing like that. It was just one-on-one contested football all the way around. And I thought, actually, I thought after that night, Fiend, I thought, do you reckon Port are in trouble in the finals? Yes, they did not like that one No, they didn't bit. cope and, with it. No. And that was, um, that, that, Turned out to be true. So look, you know, there is there is a, a real final style um, um, style of football that's brewing away there, and I think that it will just take some time for the physicality of the squad to be able to deal with that. Yeah, well, I also think Peter that 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 game style cannot be played for four quarters by by any team other than probably Richmond, right? Yep. And I think for that very reason, you've got to able, you've got to be able to switch on and switch off of that game style. That's got to be a that's got to be a uh, a game style for certain periods of a match. And you've got to have I'm not going to use the word Plan B, but you've got to have an alternative um, way of playing to change the momentum of a game. Sometimes changing the momentum of the game just means sitting behind the ball for five minutes and, you know, starving their forwards of opportunity. Sometimes it's frontal pressure where you're just hammering them at the contest and wearing them down, you know, and then you hit the hit the pedal and open the game up and try to get some fast-flowing footy going. 
But if we try and play that, I, I, I don't think there's any other team in the comp apart from Richmond um, that can play that style of game. So it's very, very ambitious. And I don't know whether it's necessarily sustainable without alternative ways of playing. Yep. Um, no, I hear what you're saying. But I think that... Um... There is something that they're working on there, but you know, about and also Fane. I mean, not just you know within a game, but you got to try and get through a whole season, and you got to try and win enough games to get into the finals to play that. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, a lot of work to be done, and none of us can be, um, you know, um, shy about the fact that it's you know we're still sort of years off, really. But if we can see some improvement, yeah. I look. I think we will be. Almost knocking on the eight. Uh, what do we have? Seven wins last year. I'm predicting that we'll go eight to ten uh, this year. I think we've got a couple more wins left in us. Um, we didn't get blown off the park too many times last season, and we did push a couple of teams, and we did beat a couple of teams uh, that we probably uh, weren't expected to. Um, so I think we'll still be uh, in the second half of the ladder, but um, I'd... Yeah, some, some some people have got us finishing eighteenth, and I just don't see that. No, no, that's not going to happen. No, no, uh, no. Yeah. Now uh, I do see Macca in the uh, in the midst of the crowd there in the mosh pit. Um, Macca, I don't suppose you're uh, wired up for a quick chat before we finish up. Bang. Yeah, you got to go. There's no such thing as a quick chat with Macca. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. I, love I don't, I, I love I don't think he's wired up anyway. <laughs> there you go. I love you, Macca. Look, uh, we will have Macca on from uh, uh, when our Sunday night shows return, which will be on the Sunday of round one. We're actually playing Frio that afternoon. so And, and I will just uh, let people know that I'm changing the time slot of the weekend wrap. Uh, we're moving from 7.30 to 8.30 this year. Uh, so both shows will be on at 8.30 at night, so the rap show will be on at 8.30 on Sunday night, starting from the Sunday of our first game in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so hopefully that suits people. Um, Pete, I think we'll probably round it off there. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Thanks to everyone who's chatted with us live and in the live studio and joined us on YouTube. Don't forget, it would be fantastic if you could... Uh, you know, share the videos, share the tweets, uh, share the posts. Uh, we really would like to get our numbers up this year. Um, you know, we've got a lot going for us, this community, and there'll be a lot happening this year. So uh, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned, Peter, don't you reckon? Absolutely. And uh, it was great that we had a few people talking already. Um, Brilliant. And it's only week one, so that's great. Yeah, yeah fantastic. All right, guys. Well, look, uh, thanks very much. It was a little bit scratchy, but it is pre-season after all, so you can forgive us. Um, and we will be back uh, next Tuesday for our preview of round one. And uh, then away we go, Pete. Back again into it. Yep. <laughs> We're back. We're back. All right. Uh, don't forget you can support us on uh, Patreon uh, if you like, patreon.com forward slash Crowcast. Get around us on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other platforms. Until next week. No, what's the saying? Until then, until later, we'll see you next Tuesday. Good night. Cheers, bye.